0: The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Well, today I want to talk to you about kind of one of the foundational stones of what it means to be a Christ follower, what it means to be someone who is pursuing a life that is following Jesus and doing what Jesus did, and that is water baptism. Uh, If you have your Bible this morning, I want you to to go to Matthew chapter 13, and then also you can maybe put a marker in Romans chapter 6. And as you turn there, let me me make an announcement. Um, On June 5th, we are going to have our first ever water baptism celebration here at New Song Church. And we're calling it a celebration because... For us, water baptism is not just another service, not just a little ceremony, it's a party, okay? And you'll understand more as we talk today. But it's a party, and we would love for every one of you to be there with us to celebrate. In fact, one of our small groups rented us this grill, so we're going to be grilling hot dogs and burgers and and cooking up all sorts of stuff. Uh, We have snow cones that we're going to have that night. Uh, We're going to have some yard games and things like that. So at 5.30 here at the church, this is a separate service we're going to have, but it's not a service, it's a party, right? Because we go to parties, Right. Right? Okay, so 5.30, we're going to show up, we're going to eat, we're going to hang out as a family, and then at 6 o'clock, we're going to start water baptizing people, and we are going to cheer on our fellow uh, Christ followers, Uh, maybe it's some of you guys, maybe it's some of your kids. If you want to water baptize your kids, man, we are down for that. We want to baptize a pile of people. But it's going to be fun, and we're going to have a great time. So mark your calendars June 5th. And listen, just because you're not being baptized, just because somebody else you know isn't being baptized, still come hang out with us and party and cheer on the people that are doing this. It's going to be a great night. all right? So June 5th, water baptism, make sure you are there. all right? So as we launch into this today, I want to start by kind of throwing out uh, some questions to you today. Okay, So here's how we're going to do I want some audience participation this morning. So I'm going to ask you a question. And the question is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a question of, of, do you like this sport, okay? Any sports fans in here today? A few of you. Come on. Yes. Okay. So here's what I want you to do. When I throw out the sport, if that's you, I want you to raise up your, your hand, and I want you to kind of, you know, let me know, okay? You can do that with a whoop-whoop or whatever it may be for you, okay? However you celebrate that. All right? So let's start with the obvious one. How many of you are college football fans in here? Any college football fans? Yeah. OU fans, right? Yeah. OSU fans? Yeah. Wow, really? Okay. Anybody else other than those two teams? Get out. No, I'm just kidding. No, we love you. You're welcome to be here. We'll, we'll have altar ministry at the end of the service. Uh, all right, all right. Okay, here's the next one. Uh, pro football. Any pro football fans? Yes, okay. How about, um, how about college basketball? College basketball fans? Pro basketball. All right, yes. Go Thunder, right? Monday night, big game. It's going to be awesome. Um, how, okay, let's see, what else is there? How about, um, how about baseball? Any baseball fans in here? Yep. Quieter about that? Yeah, that's kind of the nature of that game. Uh, how, about college, how about hockey? Any hockey fans? One, two, okay. And, and soccer? Don't be ashamed, come on. There's always a few of you, yes. Well, um, I'm a pro football fan, that's my favorite sport, and my favorite team, as most of you know, I've talked about this before, is, is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, amen. Lord, do something in our life. Help us. But a few weeks ago, we had the NFL draft, right? And, and for those of you who don't know, maybe you're a girl in here and you're going, wait? Okay. Here's what the NFL draft is. The NFL draft is they take um, the 32 NFL teams and they get to pick the best players from college college football. And so the Cowboys this year had the number four pick overall. That means that they get kind of the cream of the cream of the crop of, of college football players coming out. And they drafted this running back. His name is Ezekiel Elliott from Ohio State. And he was the top-ranked running back in all of, of college uh, football this year. And so they drafted this guy. They picked him with the number four pick, which is a big selection. Uh, when you pick somebody that high, it means you've got to pay them according to that pick. And so they picked Ezekiel Elliott, and they're, and they're working on his, his uh, contract right now. And it's somewhere supposedly going to be somewhere between 24 and $30 million. Not a bad first job out of college, right? And so, uh, let me throw out a scenario to you. What if, okay, what if, all right, what if they, they get the contract together and everything looks good, and so um, Zeke comes back to the Cowboys and he says, hey, I love the contract, everything looks great, um, I, I love the terms, I love the money, all that looks good. i only got one problem. Uh, my problem is the jersey. I don't want to wear that jersey. Uh, I, I like the money, I like the, the terms, I like all that stuff, but I just... You know, if I wear that jersey, then people are going to identify me as a Dallas Cowboy. And if I'm in the game, you know, because I'm wearing that jersey, I I might get hit. Well, I could tell you this. If he was to come to them and say this, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, would have a problem with that. Because, see, here's the deal. Jerry Jones picked him, right? He was the number four pick. He could have picked anybody, but he picked him. And by picking him at that spot, he's committing a lot to him. He's investing heavily in him. And so Jerry Jones would look at him and he'd say, hey, I got about 25 million reasons why I think you should wear that jersey. And, and you're going to wear the jersey because you're going to identify yourself with our team because you're, you're part of our team. Okay, Josh, where are we going with this? What are, you, what are you talking about? Well, we're talking about water baptism today. And in jersey terms, here's what water baptism is. Water baptism is putting on the jersey of the one who invested in you heavily. You see, 2,000 years ago, Jesus invested in each and every one of you. Whether you've received that investment, whether you've decided to sign the contract and be a part, he drafted you. He made a decision that he was gonna pick you and he was gonna go after you. And so Jesus, who is God, think about this. He's in heaven, he has, he's a deity. He has all power, all knowledge. He can be everywhere at once. He knows all things. He lays all of that down. He comes to this earth, he puts on skin, he becomes a human being, he lives a life here teaching and modeling the way that we can live our life. And then he allows himself to be crucified and nailed to a cross that he hangs on, naked and bleeding until he dies. He's then buried in a tomb, which he stays in for three days. And then after three days, he resurrects himself and, and is a new life. But then beyond that, he, he lives for about 40 days here on earth before he goes up to heaven. And before he goes, he says that he's going to go and he's going to prepare a place for us. And so now he, he's up in heaven and he's preparing a place for me and you so that someday when our life ends or when the rapture happens, we can go to heaven and, and enjoy this, this work that he's done, this completed work that he has accomplished for us in our lives. Now, that's, that's good news, right? That's good news, that's gospel. But beyond that, it's not just good news. That's a big investment. Jesus invested you in you in a big way. And here's one of the things that God asks of us when it, when it comes to being a Christ follower, is he asks that we would go public with it. That we would acknowledge that, yes, he did this for us. He invested in us. And because of that, we're going to put on the jersey. And we're going to be a part of Team Jesus. And we're going to let the world know what he has done for us in our lives. And that's a big part of what water baptism is all about. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, uh, write this down. Here's what water baptism uh, really is it's an outward profession of an inward connection. And you know, maybe you're here today and, and you, you don't feel like a very valuable person. Maybe sometimes you look at your life and you wonder if you matter to God. Well, I can tell you this this morning the cross and Jesus' life declares. That you are of great value. You were so valuable that he was willing to lay down his life. You know, value is determined not by what somebody wants to say something's worth. It's, it, value is determined by what someone is willing to pay for something. And Jesus was willing to pay a great price for you so that he could have a connection with you. Because sin separate us from God and he wanted that separation to be deleted. So Jesus came and he gave his life and he made a way so that we could have life with him. And all he asks for us is that we go public, that we live a life for him, that we honor him, and we let the world know and be the salt in the life that he's called us to be and say, I belong to Jesus. My life is no longer about me. I belong to Jesus. I'm not ashamed of it. I love him, and I'm gonna live a life that honors him. And baptism is a way for us to declare that to the world. It's an outward profession of an inward Connection. So this morning, here's what I want to do. I want to look at what baptism is and kind of dive into the pieces of it a little bit. Because I know there's some of you. Maybe you're like me. You grew up in church and you've kind of gone through the motions of some of this, or you you kind of understand it in part, but maybe you don't fully understand what it represents, and, and what it means to be water baptized. Maybe you've participated in water baptism before, maybe even as a kid, but you never really made the connection yourself. I want you to understand it in a greater way today. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at water baptism, why we baptize, how we baptize, and then at the end, we're going we're gonna to spend a little bit more time talking about what baptism does. All right. So, so let's start by looking at why we baptize. If you're taking notes, uh, this is number one, why we baptize. We baptize because Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Now, I'm not saying Jesus baptized. I'm saying Jesus got baptized. Jesus got water baptized. Matthew 13, I told you to turn there earlier. This is Jesus's, this is the account of Jesus being water baptized. In verse 13, it says this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. It's talking about John the Baptist, right? Yeah, so that's what he did, right? He's Baptist, Baptist, baptized. Just going to see him, okay? But notice this, it says he goes from Galilee to the Jordan. Now, something that you may not understand there that I want to to show you because it really is huge is that was a 60-mile trip. Now, this is not today where we can just jump in our car and drive 60 miles an hour and be somewhere like that in an hour. This is back in Bible times that Jesus probably walked this journey, and this took him several days, and yet he did that because this was important to what he needed to do. This is something that, that God wanted him to do, and so he took, he went on that journey. So the, the very fact that he took this trip shows us that this is important. All right. Verse 14, it says this: And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to baptize I need to be baptized by you. And you are coming to me. I notice John is kind of stops him here for a minute, which is interesting. You know, it's it's interesting in our life, sometimes when we're when we're following God, when we're taking those next steps that God has called us to ask. You know, you're going to face opposition. And sometimes it comes from places you wouldn't expect it to come from. I mean, here's John the Baptist, right? This is what he does. And he's putting a little opposition towards Jesus here up front saying, Jesus, I don't, is this right? I mean, shouldn't this be the other way around? I think you should be baptizing me. But look at what, look at what Jesus says, verse 15. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now look at this. I think this is interesting. Then he allowed him. Talking about John, he allowed it. So isn't that amazing? Like, but I want you to see something there. That's important because John had to allow it. You see, God works with people. Jesus even needed people to participate. John had to submit his will to the will of God and say, you know what, God, I'm going to do this. Even though I don't completely understand it, I'm going to do it because you're telling me to do it. Now look at verse 16. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Remember that, okay? When he, uh, and, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Notice after Jesus gets baptized, notice the next thing that happens is that God says, I am pleased. You know, when you obey God, when you take the steps that God has placed in front of you to be in obedience with what his word and what he's asking you to do, that's pleasing to God. That's pleasing to God. And for some of you, it's not that you not being baptized, you know, God's mad at you. It's just that maybe he's not exactly pleased with you because you haven't done it yet. And if you're a parent, you can understand what this is like, right? Any parents, you love your kids, and yet sometimes you can be not as pleased with them. You know, it's the end of the school year. Maybe some of you guys are, are seeing your kids' grades come in. And maybe you're, you love your kids, but you're not pleased with them, right? I, I remember sometimes growing up as a kid, like, you know, the time I, I, I ran my car into a gas station? I remember my dad still loved me, but he wasn't pleased with me, <laughs> right? That's kind of what we're getting at. There's, there's times, you know, that God loves us. He never, that never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. But if we want to be pleasing to him, we have to continue to obey, and follow his plan for us. And whenever we take that step of obedience in baptism, it pleases God. So why do we baptize, number one? Because Jesus did it. He got baptized. And when we do so, it pleases God. Number two, Jesus commanded it. So we go forward in the story of God, in the story of Jesus. And, and we know where it goes. We talked about this earlier. He goes to the cross. He, he lives his life. He ministers. He does all these things. Then he goes to the cross. He dies. And then three days later, He's resurrected. And then the Bible talks about how for 40 days he was still here on this earth. And during that time he saw over 500 people in that time that got to be a witness to the resurrected Jesus. And then he's getting ready to ascend into heaven to go where he is today. And he stops and he sits down with his disciples and he gives them this talk called the Great Commission. And in it he says this, Matthew 28 verse 19. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Look at this, baptizing them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus gives them kind of these last words of kind of, here's what you guys need to start doing. I want you to go make disciples and I want you to baptize them. So realize that in this moment, Jesus gives this charge to his followers. It's not like, hey, I would recommend you doing this. It's not that. It's I want you to do this. Do this. It's a command of God, which means it's not up for debate anymore. It's been commanded by God for us to do. It's a part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Now, that said, does that mean that baptism saves us? Well, no, it doesn't. Because baptism doesn't save you. Now, baptism, we don't get baptized to get saved. We get baptized because we're saved. And I'll, I'll explain it this way. And I'm going to read you a verse here in a moment. And when I read it, when you first hear it, you're going to think, wait a minute. That seems to be kind of contradicting to what, I just, what he just said. But, but I promise you, it'll make sense here in just a moment. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Uh, this is Peter, just got up, and he just preached this amazing message. And 3,000 people end up getting saved after he preaches this. This is after the day of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit comes down, and they're baptized into the Holy Spirit. And Peter gets up, and he preaches this amazing message. And all these people get saved. But I want you to see kind of how this works out, okay? Verse 37, it says this. Now, when they had heard this, what did they hear? They heard Peter preaching this message, look at this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Notice they were cut to the heart. You now maybe that's happened to you before at, at, a, at a service at, at New Song. Maybe something that, that God shared through me cut to your heart or maybe something that Sarah or Ryan said or even something that David said during praise and worship. It just, you just knew when you heard it, it was for you and, and it just kind of cut to your heart, and you knew there was, a, there was a change, there was some way of thinking that you needed to change, and there was, there was an action that needed to take place. That's what happened to these guys. Notice they didn't say, what do we need to know? They said, what do they need to do? What do we need to do? Like, what's the next step? We know there's something, there's something more. And I want you to see what Peter said to them. Verse 38, based on this idea, what do you want us to do? Look at what he says. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now look at this for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now notice it says, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you're going, Wait a minute, Josh, you just said that we didn't have to be baptized in order to be saved. And yet that says, Repent for the remission of sins. Well, I told you just a second ago, did I not? I told you that it was going to look like it was contradicting, but, but it's not. And here's how i explain it, okay? Imagine with me that you hurt your back, okay? Uh, maybe you slipped a disc, you know, lifting a box with your back instead of your legs like you're supposed to. You know, those little pictures that you see on boxes where the guy's going, ah, you know, and there's like the lightning bolt. You got that lightning bolt thing going on in your back. And so it's hurting. And so you go to the doctor, and the doctor, sure enough, he goes, yeah, man, you got lightning bolt problems in your back, and uh, you need some pain medicine. So he, he gives you a prescription. You go to the pharmacy, and you, you go in, and you give him the prescription, and they give you some, some pills for this back pain. And you look on your little pill box, and it says there, take two pills for back pain. Now, let me ask you something. Do you take those two pills to get back pain? No. The understood idea is that you have back pain, and you're taking the two pills because of the back pain. Now, the same way, this, ver- this word here, for, is actually translated because when you get down to what it really means. And what, what Peter was saying is you want to repent, you get saved, and then you go to God because, and you get baptized because you have the remission of sins, because you've been forgiven. You declare what Jesus has done on the outside for the world to see. Are you guys tracking with me on this? Yeah. We do this because we've been forgiven, because we're set free. It's an outward, remember, it's an outward or public profession of an inward connection. We're saying on the outside what has already taken place on the inside, okay? So let's move past why to now the how. How do we do this, all right? Number one, how do we do it? Baptism comes after salvation. And we just kind of talked about this. We, We can't do the baptism until we have, first of all, made Jesus the Lord of our life. It follows. It's an outward public profession of an inward connection. It comes after. Now, I've got something with me here today. I'm going to take it off. And I want you guys, again, audience participation. What am I holding up right now? What is this? I took it off this finger right here. This is my wedding wedding ring, right? And, And on June 20th, right? June 20th. I knew that. I'm just kidding. June 20th, 2003. Uh, that little gal over there slid this this ring well not this ring actually because the first ring We were we were young and and you know didn't have a lot And so I got the cheapest ring I could possibly get and on our honeymoon. It started making my finger turn blue So we got rid of that one And then I got another one and uh, I actually broke it a couple years ago playing basketball like street ball, right? Because i'm hardcore slapping the backboard and bang shattered that thing I'm not i'm serious. it's actually what happened. It was weird uh, I got ups, guys. It's crazy. So I got this new ring. And uh, anyways, Sarah, a ring was placed on my finger on June 20th, 2003. Okay? And when I put that ring on my finger, it, I didn't put it on and become married because I put a ring on my finger. I, I put it on as a symbol of the covenant that I was entering into with Sarah. See, just because I have a ring doesn't make me married. It's an outward symbol of the connection that we have with each other, like imagine my parents, like the day I was born, if they said, "Well, you know, someday he's going to get married, so let's just go ahead and put a wedding ring on his little finger," like you don't you don't do that because there's no there's no covenant that's that's taking place, there's no connection that takes place, and and in the same way, baptism is symbolic of the fact that we have entered into a covenant with God, and we use the symbol as a covenant. The symbol of baptism is a symbol of that covenant that we that we're in, entering into. Now, uh, maybe you're here today and, and you got baptized as a little baby. You know, maybe you went through that whole process of like, of putting on a dress, even if you're a boy, and being taken into a church and somebody kind of flicks some water on you, right? And, and you, you've seen the pictures of that, but you have no recollection of it, right? And I'm not asking you to raise your hands, but maybe that's you today. Or maybe you got baptized as a kid, uh, but you don't really remember it very well. It was just kind of something that your parents wanted you to do, and, and so you did it. Now, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes or be, or be mean or anything, but here's the thing. Your parents can't pick your team. You got to pick your own team. Your parents, you can't inherit your walk with God, and you can't inherit your commitment to your walk with God. And so maybe you're here today, and you got saved even since then, even older, but, but, then you, but you kind of thought, well, but, you know, but I was baptized as a kid, so I'm good there. Well, here would, here would be my recommendation to you. You're the one that needs to follow Jesus in baptism. That's what we're told. To be, we're commanded to do this. And you're the one that needs to make the decision, I'm going to be water baptized. And maybe for some of you that's like, man, I've been, I've been following God for a long time. I thought that was kind of done. And, but listen, we're opening this up to anybody. We want everybody who, if you're not sure, do it again just to do it. Just make that commitment. If you've you've since, in your life, if you've since committed to God in a greater way than maybe before and you want to just follow God again in water baptism... Do it again. Maybe you got little kids here and you want to help them to understand. In fact, this weekend, your little kids are going to get these handouts in Boomtown. And we're going to preach to them over the next few weeks about what, what water baptism is so they can understand it. I want you to talk to them about it. Encourage them. If they're interested in it and they understand what it means and they want to make that decision, encourage them in this. Because listen, this is a big deal. And this is something God has called each and every one of us to do. And listen, no one's going to think any less of you if you do this again. They're really not. We will invite everybody to be a part of this, okay? So baptism comes after salvation, and anyone can do it. And then the next one is, how do we do it? Baptism is by immersion. We go under the water and come up. Now, there's a lot of debate on this out there, uh, but there's not for me, and here's why. I am a Christian. I'm a Christ follower, and I do water baptism by immersion because that's the model that Jesus did. And as a Christian, in fact, the biblical definition of Christian is Christ follower. My goal in life is to do things as close to the model that I saw Jesus do as possible. And in Scripture, it's pretty obvious. Jesus was immersed in his baptism. Let me show you this. This is back to Mark, uh, Matthew 13, verse 16. Look at this. When he had been baptized, look at what it says here next. Jesus came up immediately from the water. You can't come up from the water if you haven't been immersed in the water. Amen. So Jesus comes up out of the water. So he models for us this this going under the water and then coming back up. Now, this is gonna lead us into the next section here, and this is huge today, and this is what I'm really excited about getting to with you today, is this picture that we see of of standing in water and then being immersed in it and coming up is is a picture of what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection. And it's a way for us to identify with what he did and to outwardly express that. It helps us to connect with him, and it helps us to declare some things today, okay? So so what does baptism do? Baptism declares three things. Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, I died with Jesus. Baptism declares that I died with Jesus. Romans chapter 6 says it this way. This is Paul talking. Or do you not know that as many of us, as we're baptized into Christ Jesus, we're, look at this, we're baptized into, everybody say it with me, death. Yeah. Right? Is it up there on the screen? We're baptized into his death. There we go. Um, you see, Jesus, his death to sin becomes our death to sin. Becomes a picture of, of sin's death in our life. You know, all throughout Scripture, there's this idea, and Paul talks about it a lot, of sin being this, this idea of sin being like slavery, and that that it enslaves us, and it pulls hope away from us. In fact, it goes on to say in Romans 6, verse 19, a few verses later, Paul says this. He says, previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness. He's talking about sin there. You're slaves to sin, which led even ever deeper into sin. The more more we're in it, the more it, it leads into itself. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. Here's what Paul's saying. Before Jesus, you were a slave to sin. Sin lived inside of you and it dominated you from the inside out. But now because of Jesus, sin is dead inside of you. That doesn't mean that sin doesn't still exist in this world, but it's not from the inside out. It's on the outside trying to get in, but it's dead inside of you. And Now Jesus comes to live inside of you. And and what we do is we begin to live out of that new nature that God has given us, where we live from this place of of resurrection that we have through Jesus Christ and what he did. That's that's the thing about this. Now, sin, we would all agree, sin is an ugly thing. Slavery is an ugly thing, right? Uh, I've done a little bit of study on slavery. And in, in every occasion that you see slavery, through the Civil Rights Movement, through what was happening in America, you know, during the Civil War, and, and wherever there's slavery, there's a hopelessness. And people who live in slavery, they live a life where they feel like the only way out of the slavery is through death. Especially people who have been born into it. That are born into this slave mentality. That they feel like the only way out of that, that slavery is through death. And here's the truth for us today. The slavery of sin that dominates in this world, and that has maybe dominated you in your life at one point, the truth is the only way out of it is through death. But the good news of the gospel is that it's not your physical death. Jesus died for you. He took the death that was due to us so that sin's power could be broken over us, so that sin cannot reign from the inside. So when the, when the enemy comes at you and he says, hey, you're a sinner, you're lost, you're a mess, we can look at him, we can say, no, that old man, that old nature, that, that, that way of living, that is dead, and that has been crucified with Jesus Christ on the cross. And it's not me who lives anymore, but it's Christ who lives in me. I, that is the hope of my glory in this world today. Amen? Jesus and baptism allows us to align ourselves with what Jesus did for us through his death. And we can say, where he died, I die. Number two, baptism declares, I was buried with Jesus. Look at Romans 6, chapter 4. This is the next verse. Therefore, we were buried with him. Talking about Jesus. Through baptism into death. Now, the word baptism is, uh, the Greek word is the word baptizo, which means to immerse. And and part of the, the picture of this, in fact, they used to talk about when a ship would sink in the ocean, they would call it a baptism. And they would talk about how that ship was baptized into a watery grave. Meaning that back in those days, if a ship sunk in the ocean, I mean, it was, it was never to be seen again. It was done, it was over, it was gone for good they didn 't have the ability to go down there with cameras and look at it like we do today. It, it was completely gone, and baptism is a symbol of of this new life that we're coming that we 're going into in the baptism in this water grave and coming out of you know uh, baptism is this picture of of us going into the grave of our sins going into the grave uh, you, you know you can go to a hospital and and this happens from time to time. We've got some nurses in here. Maybe some of you have been in a situation where somebody actually dies in the hospital. And, and through, you know, nurses and good doctors, they're able to actually resuscitate that person and kind of bring them back to life. Like, that's not a very uncommon thing. That happens uh, all the time. And, and you'll see that. But what you will not see is doctors and nurses walking around graveyards, digging up tombs and pulling people out of them because you see when you are buried a burial certifies the reality of death that there's no hope that the burial represents that they are beyond any ability to be brought back to life and Jesus he didn't just die he was buried for three days he was in the tomb he was buried it was over and then he resurrected himself he was brought back to life. And here's the beauty of it. In our life, because of what Jesus did, we can be baptized. We can, we can receive the gift of salvation. And that old way, those old nature, that old nature, those old things that we used to do that used to dominate our lives, you know, you know how it is. Sin comes tapping on your shoulder, you know. And those things that you used to do over and over again come back to you and you start to remember those things. And the enemy comes to you and he says, hey, this is who you are. This is what you're like. Well, here's what identifying what the burial of Jesus allows us to do, and, and going through this water baptism allows us to say, no, that's, that's the headstone. And on it, it says, there lies the old Josh. He's been dead and been buried, and I have been resurrected to new life. Here lies the old man, the old you, who, who died with Christ. And now I'm alive in Jesus, and that old way is not my new way. I am new, I am born again, and I live from this new life that God has given me. Isn't that good news? That's what understanding and identifying with what Jesus did helps us to do. Burial certifies the reality of death and baptism is a public demonstration of this burial of sin in our lives. So baptism declares that I died with Jesus. It declares number two, I was buried with Jesus. And number three, I have been raised to new life in Jesus. Romans chapter six again, I'm gonna go through the whole thing. Or do you not know? That as many of you were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death. Okay, We died with Jesus. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into his death. I was buried with Jesus. My old nature, my old ways, that's buried, that's dead. Now look at this. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should walk in newness of life. See, Jesus didn't stay down, guys. He rose from the dead. He came up out of that grave. And when he came out of of that grave, he came up in new life. And just like he came up in new life, when we receive Jesus, when we receive the gift of salvation into our hearts, when we make him the Lord of our life, we get baptized into new life. The old ways are dead, they're crucified and buried. And we are new in Jesus Christ, and we can walk in, in the hope, in the peace, in the joy that that stands with. You know, there's a great picture of this in the Old Testament with the children of Israel. The children of Israel were born into slavery in Egypt. That's all they knew for generations. For 400 years, these people. People have been have been slaves generation after generation after generation of all they've known as slavery all they've known as a pharaoh who is mean to them and, and and living a life where they don't get to walk in freedom and then god comes and he rescues them and he takes them through this this parting of the red sea which is a picture of what water baptism is and on the other side of that water baptism in the red sea what do they have they have the promise of a new land They have a promise of a new life. They have hope. Are there enemies in the new land? Absolutely. But what they have is they have a God with them who is fighting for them and fighting with them so that every enemy they face is going to go down because they are children of God and they have a new life through God. Guys, that's good news. That's something to cheer about this morning. That's awesome. God has given us that. And when we get baptized, we get to celebrate this. We get to celebrate that the old ways are new. There's new hope in God. That old old part of you that used to be broken, used to be a slave to sin, that used to be a slave to the things of this world, that's washed away. You've been baptized into new life. There's a new you in this world that's living, that has a hope in Jesus Christ, that has hope in where you can go and what you can do, that has him fighting for you and fighting with you. That's good news today. And it's for every one of you. Listen. It's time to go public. It's time to put on the jersey. Jesus has invested so much in us. He's invested way too much for us to just keep this thing a private matter between us and him. We can't do that. We've gotta go public. And I wanna encourage you, on June 5th, I want you to sign up to be baptized. Maybe you're here today and you feel God stirring in you. You feel something in you that says, man, I want to do this. I want to encourage you, do it today. In fact, uh, I want you to sign up right now. Uh, we have connect cards, I think. Does everybody have their connect cards with you? If you don't have a connect cards, can I get some of my guys to help get those out to, to some of these people? But on the connect cards, there's a little section in there called I Want to Be Baptized. You may need a connect card? If you need a connect card, raise up your hand. If you want to be baptized, yes, connect cards, let's get those out to people. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to check the box that says, I want to be baptized. And then we'll get you more information. We'll get you the information about when you can do it. what well, all you're going to need, we'll take care of everything. The other thing you can do is you can go to uh, newsongpeople.com slash water dash baptism. And we'll put that, that up on the website for you this week. But I want to encourage you, take this next step. It's, it pleases God. It helps you identify with what he's done. It helps you to proclaim what Jesus has done for you. It helps you to stand in the newness of life. And listen, it's a command of God. And if you stand here today and, you, and you, you, you're, you're asking yourself, I'm not sure if I did this or not, just go for it. Just do it. Celebrate with us. Let's party. Let's get you baptized. Let's celebrate the newness of life that Jesus has called each and every one of us to walk in. You know, the cool thing about God is for every one of us, it's the same thing. There's two steps in moving towards God. The first one is that we repent, right? We repent, and the second one is to be baptized. And God wants us to not only repent and make that, that private part of our life to, to present that to him, but then to be baptized and to go public with what Jesus has done. And you say, well, you know, Pastor Josh, my, my, my walk with God, that's kind of my own private, kind of my personal thing. And eh, wrong answer, Sorry, uh, God doesn't want any secret admirers. It's not how it works. God wants us to go public. We're called to do this. It's a part of us being followers of Christ. Look at this. Romans 1:16 says, "For I am not ashamed." Everybody say, "Not ashamed." Of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Jesus has called us to be the salt and the light of this world. He's called us to let people to shine. He's called us to pull out the God flavors. He's called us to be the people that help people know God. That's what we want to do. We want to help people know God. He's called us to help do that. And there's only one reason I could think of maybe today that you could give me that would be a good enough excuse for you not to step forward and go forward with God and being water baptized. And that is this, because you have not taken the first step and made him the Lord of your life and asked him to be your savior. I wanna tell you today that, that Jesus is just waiting for you. He's taken a lot of steps towards you. He drafted you. Now I was thinking about this this morning. And when you draft a player in the NFL, they have the choice to to play for you or not. They don't have to play for you. You know, they're not sold into slavery as a football player. They have rights to you and there's things like that, but but you don't have to play for them. And there's been a few occasions that, that players walked away from football because they, they didn't want it. But it's very rare. And here's why it's so rare. Because the deal is so good, right? I mean, go to the NFL and get paid millions of dollars to Play football with contracts that are guaranteed millions. I mean, hardly anybody would pass this up because it's such a good deal. Listen, the deal that I offer you today, to know Jesus, to make him the Lord of your life, is a way better deal. And not just part of it is guaranteed. All of it is guaranteed. Through the blood of Jesus, he picked you. Jesus picked you. While you were yet sinners, the Bible said, Christ died for you, Jesus died for you just at the off chance that you might choose him. That's how much he loves you. That's how valuable you are to him. He loves you that much. And the beautiful thing about Jesus, the beautiful thing about Christianity, is it's both completely exclusive, but it's also completely inclusive. It's exclusive in the fact that Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Here's what that statement says. It says, there's no other way. Muhammad, nope. Buddha, uh uh-uh, sorry. Meditation, no. Humming, looking at your belly button and humming, not gonna happen. (laughs) Being a really good person, I'm sorry. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So it's completely exclusive in that sense. But here's the thing, it's completely inclusive and that Jesus knocks at the door of your heart today and says, I want you bad. I've drafted you. Here's your jersey. Put it on. There's a new life. There's a new way of living. It's all here for the taking. All you gotta do is say yes.